On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we've got Norman Jordan joining the podcast. He was a member of that 1982 team alongside guys like Jim Arnold, Witt Taylor at quarterback. He was the running back right beside Witt Taylor receiving the handoffs. He had a big year that year, and he was a part of that team that defeated Tennessee, played in the Hall of Fame Bowl. We go back in time, down memory lane, and we throw it back a little bit once more with Norman Jordan, the current radio color analyst on 93.3 FM for Vanderbilt football alongside Andrew Allegretta. We've got Norman Jordan coming up and a whole lot more right here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 98. It is August 10th, 2021. And we are always powered by the good folks at Alaco Finewood Floors. Well, we got a, not a ton to talk about, but there's one very important topic that we might need to discuss. Did, did anything happen yesterday with, with the football team? I, I think I saw something on Twitter. Um, yeah, there might uh, have been a little, little bit of something, a little bit of social media buzz around the Vanderbilt football team. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a new uniform. Okay, mm, it was, it was a new uniform. So how about it? Clark Lee and the Commodores finally unveiled them and it, it was it's, it was kind of surreal because this is something that we had been talking about for a while and, and that's going to be what this episode is is dedicated to so we'll, we'll dive into everything the the helmet the the color the the pant line and, and everything in between we will dive into that other than that will there's not a whole lot more uh the little league world series is about to begin though here in a few days we've got Nolan Brown, the son of Scott Brown, Vanderbilt's pitching coach. He is, I mean, an absolute stud. He's been, he's been balling out for them and they had just advanced uh, actually tonight and they will uh, be playing in Williamsport. So uh, we'll give a little shout out to him. Damian Jones has signed with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so again, not a ton other than the uniforms, but we're going to dive all the way into the uniforms. And after that, we'll be joined by Norman Jordan, the former Vanderbilt football star running back. He was uh, right beside Whit Taylor there in the 1982 season. We go back in time a little bit as we did with Jim Arnold. So Norma Jordan joins us a little bit later. But before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. 
All right, well, Nolan Brown. I mean, I'm not surprised this kid. He's he's the son of Scott Brown, Vanderbilt's pitching coach, and he's his stat line. I don't have it right in front of me, but this kid is has been absolutely tearing the ball up. He hit um, a, a couple. Home, he's already hit a few home runs. He's dealt on the mound, and he's been the only player I've heard anyone talk about. And uh, maybe this is the next uh, stud lefty pitcher uh, for Vanderbilt, but. Uh, not exactly, not exactly sure when this kind of started coming on the radar. I saw a tweet about it. Um, but I mean, I'm not surprised it's, it's Scott Brown's son and, and they're going to be in Williamsport. So it's always good to, to, to watch another, another Vandy boy get out there. I didn't even connect the dots that it was Vanderbilt's pitching coach, Scott <laughs> Brown's son. I just saw the uniforms. I saw a video unrelated to anything Vanderbilt athletics. And, like, oh, and, so, and, I, and and those uniforms if you guys haven't seen them uh, we reposted oh, one of the videos on our twitter man they are c- could not be almost more identical to be Vanderbilt better. baseball yeah. uniforms I thought, and it's I, great I was really i was really confused at first because i was like wait is this is this literally the Vanderbilt <laughs> like logo and uniform? But there's and an Nolan, he was he was even stomping the plate there after her. Yeah. After rip, I would say ripping a dinger, but with some things going on with the Colorado Rockies mascot, I'm not oh, sure that that's a good gosh. good phrase it's, to use. Don't but say that. man, I think the best part of the the entire thing is the fact that it's Vanderbilt baseball uniforms that those kids are yes. going to be representing in um, and kind of mirroring in in the Little League World Series. It's it's Vanderbilt baseball Vandy boys. It's not the guys out east. So that's yep. always a little bit of a win um, when, yep. when you can you're the team of the state. Um, and, and maybe it shows a path that there is possibility in the future um, for Vanderbilt athletics to reign supreme in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> maybe that's yeah, a little Just bit of wishful thinking, but the Vandy boys have certainly done it. Yeah, and the, I mean the image is still rolling on, even in the Little League World Series. It's it's crazy mm-hmm. how much that brand. And we've talked about it. We talked about it with with Brooks Webb a lot. But will I actually have his stats right here? Uh, Nolan Brown, the Tennessee native, uh, he went three for four uh, against Warner against uh, Columbus, Georgia. This was uh, a couple nights ago. Ended up with a run scored, four RBIs, and a home run. So not only can that'll is, play, <laughs> that'll play. Not only is he the ace on the mound, but he's he's raking at the plate. So. Uh, tune in. I don't know. I, I'm sure that uh, the Little League World Series of Williamsport starts up here in the next few days, but we will, again, keep you guys updated, and uh, it's going to be fun to see them up there in Williamsport. Well, before we get to the new uniforms, though, a uh, quick little note here. Damian Jones seems like the journeyman of the NBA has found a new team with uh, the, in Sacramento, so uh, may not be the best location for uh, a guy like Damian Jones or anyone, anyone of that matter. But you know what? They have some young talent there. And, and for Damian, he's kind of struggled to find footing at different spots. I know he, he got a ring there in Golden State. Um, but according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Kings are picking him up and, and good for him. So uh, it's, it's another, another yeah. Vandy. Will, there's a lot of them. Now you got Saban Lee, Simi Chateau is kind of on the rise, Aaron Neesmith also. So uh, the footprint is there. You just got to kind of look. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that Vanderbilt basketball has been probably in the worst stretch that it's had ever. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally ever. I, this is not an yeah. exaggeration. You, you hate to use the term literally, but literally. And you look in the NBA and say they probably have the most NBA talent that they've ever had and yeah. most active players. I would have to look up the numbers on that. But you have you have Luke Cornett, Aaron Neesmith, Damian Jones, Saban Lee, Darius uh, Garland. Pot, yeah, Darius Garland. And I'm sure I'm leaving some names um, off that list. But 
Um, the, Damian Jones, it's kind of odd to think about the fact that the guy's only 25 years old. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been in the league for what seems like forever, but starting out with Golden State there, like you said, moving on to Atlanta, stint the G League, then Phoenix, the Lakers, and now the Kings. So maybe he's finally found a home and he can fit, find that niche, but he's, yeah. he's only 25. He's got room to develop and he hasn't even reached his, uh, peak athletic or peak athleticism yeah. years and he's known for being quite the athlete on the boards <laughs> and and uh, blocking shots he's still got it i mean he, he's like you said he's still young and he, he's a lot of what he's doing is can still be used by nba teams but will your guy neesmith tonight i don't know if you're you're keeping up but it's on espnu he's got 31 points seven threes for the celtics right now uh, man maybe yeah maybe uh with their new coach coming in and brad stevens moving into that general manager role we'll get him a little bit more in the rotation than he was last season maybe they, they need some shooters with the celtics there so yeah. i certainly hey, won't hey, complain with him having some more minutes i'm not saying he should start but neesmith he, he deserves some time he deserves some he deserves some um noticeable minutes whether he's the sixth man or what but 31 and we, d- we never touched on it this is a little bit random here billy but there's not a ton to talk about so i'll mention it here the boston celtics became Tennessee's team I, I grew up a Boston Celtics fan back really? when they had Paul Pierce and everything yes I did randomly my dad was a Larry Bird fan <laughs> going back there but the Boston Celtics uh, they had yeah out. they had they had Grant Williams Luke Cornett and Aaron Neesmith all in that roster oh, on one NBA roster so they had three guys uh from Vanderbilt or Tennessee yeah Grant on, Williams um, is kind of has he been playing much uh, yeah, he actually, you know, it's it's not the worst thing having him on your side flopping uh, he when, still, he, when he's, he's doing it for you. Is he still flopping <laughs> like a fish? Mm, a little bit. <laughs> not <yeah>. as much. <laughs> that all that doesn't work as well when you're not the star and you're the uh, role player off the bench. That, so you that don't image, get near as much special treatment. That image will always be in the mind of, I think, every Vandy fan, just him uh, acting like he just got murdered. Um, by Cleveland Brown there in, in Memorial Gym, but we will uh, talk more basketball during basketball season. But yeah. <laughs> will we've got some football news to touch on, and this is not anything on the field, but this this is I hate overstating it, Will, and and tell me if I am, tell me if I'm overhyping this, but I think in Clark Lee's mind, he looks at these new uniforms and says this is the start of of something great this is this is our foundation piece these are not changing we're not hey we might might not even have an alternate we've got two jerseys we've got uh three different colored pants we have one helmet now this is all just right now and it and we have gone back there's so many different components of this but we have gone back to the mid 2000s and i'm sure they started these in in the early 2000s i'm not sure the exact time frame of these uniforms but Will, he's going back and trying to grab some of that success and some of that tradition and some of that simplicity and saying, hey, we are going to take this at a holistic approach and we're going to say, hey, here's what we're doing and here's what we got. And they are incredible. I mean, I, I initially I was just watching that minute long video they released and was just kind of stunned watching it. Like, is this actually happening? But it is. And, and for Vanderbilt fans all across the country, this is something they can kind of latch onto and say, Hey, here's what we got. And there's now there's a little bit of momentum. Now it's nothing on the field, but it's something simple. And there's a lot of different opinions. I think floating around oddly, like some people are still not satisfied with, with some of the touches on the uniform, but I love them. I love the the block V on there. It's a, it's a little something different, but it's not too different. It's not too, um, you know, it's not too cheesy or anything. It's just simple and classy, and that's what they needed. 
Yeah, you have to go one of two ways in, in college football, specifically when you're looking at uniforms and jerseys, and you can go the Penn State, Alabama, Tennessee, I'll even say route, not too as much an extreme, but you keep it very simple. Pretty much your uniforms look the same as they did in the mid-90s, right. mid-80s. Or you can go the super modern route where your uniforms look nothing like they did in the 80s, 90s, uh, early 2000s, like Oregon. And it's really cool. You have unique uniforms. They're awesome to look at. And some schools have done that successfully. Vanderbilt did neither. Um, and they can't go the simple route of Penn State where right. you just keep that traditional look because Vanderbilt, to be honest, does not have the most amazing football tradition. But what they did is they brought back a uniform that is universally identifiable. Yes. That this is Vanderbilt. This is what you think of when you think of Vanderbilt. You don't see the stupid chains running down the side, running oh, down the middle God. of the helmet. And it didn't have what, Billy, I think you know is my pet peeve in uniforms that I absolutely despise, shoulder caps. I am. Yes. I, I cannot now, describe, now describe to you. Now describe to the listener what you mean by that. A shoulder cap. So the shoulder, the entire shoulder part that covers the outside of the shoulder pad is a different color that it, it, every gotcha. uniform gotcha. that was introduced last season had shoulder caps. I just think they look hideous. Um, that's just I my agree. personal I opinion. Agree. But the, but when we get back to what is actually controversial, and I'll put that in quotations about the uniforms, which the is v. there's no star V on the helmet. And I'm partial to the star V. I think I might have liked it. But what I think they were trying to do is tap in just a little bit and why Vanderbilt fans are hesitant is this is a Vanderbilt baseball logo. That's yes. what it's only been used for traditionally. It's all it's ever been used for, just that block V. And I think they're trying to tap into some of that brand recognition that we mm -hmm. always put out statistics on, and I've put it out on my Twitter as well, that Vanderbilt baseball is the most engaged with brand in all of college baseball, and it's not even close across social mm -hmm. media. And they have that brand they recognition. Yep, they have that logo recognition. They own, they are the Vandy boys. And I think Vanderbilt football is trying to tap into what they did to build that up from nothing. And you're seeing it in the concerted effort of the entire staff tweeting when the when the program puts out things. The entire yes. video sequences are sleeker, more modern, and just like Vanderbilt baseball. And I really do think that they are trying to capitalize on that on Instagram specifically, which is where the Vandy boys brand was born and created was Instagram. And that is where Vanderbilt football has a niche that they're trying to capitalize on and utilize that on those new elements. I very much agree. And I think they're just trying to tap into it just a little bit. They're not trying mm -hmm. to fully copy. They're not trying to say, Clark Lee isn't saying, hey, coach, can I borrow your prototype? Or can you give me a model to use? No, he's taking the block V that is inside the star and saying, hey, this is, we want this to be featured. This is very important to us. The star V is important, but we want to feature what's in that star V and say, hey, we want everyone to see this and recognize that, this is this is Vanderbilt. This is all that matters is that V and, and that Vanderbilt, uh, that Vanderbilt logo on the helmet. And I know some people don't like it. I, I know some people wanted to stick with the star. And I get that. I, I totally get that. I'm not even sure if I I'm still kind of thinking through it. I'm saying I love the V. I think I'm with you. Will. I love the V. Um, and now initially I was in my mind, I was like, oh, the, there's a V. There's no star there. Uh, it was kind of a, a back and forth that I took. But as a whole, Will, they're trying to take a little bit of what the Vandy boys have had success with. And I'm not saying this is going to make this is going to make Vanderbilt football turn into the Vandy boys brand here in a few years. But Clark is just trying to get a taste of that because people see that V 
And I think they think of Vanderbilt baseball. I think they think of that. They say, oh, that's the V on the Vanderbilt baseball hat. They see that and say, hey, they have won two national championships and they, they kind of connect successes. Now Vanderbilt has success. They connect that. So I, that's what I like about it, Will. And I think I get the gripes. You know, I'm sure you do too. But as a whole, these uniforms are amazing. They're, they're awesome. They're simple. They're a little bit of what Franklin had, but a little bit of what Bobby Johnson had. And I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think I think what does it for me is the the shoulder stripes, uh, which is what brings you back and what you immediately think of is in in my opinion is number ten catching a catching a slant pass over the middle from Jay Cutler, Earl Bennett, who's my favorite favorite all time Commodore. So that's immediately just that that sense of nostalgia comes back with that modern twist on the helmet. So regardless of your opinion on the star V not being present on the helmet, whatever that may be. I think everyone can universally agree it's a, a hundred thousand times improvement over what was on the field last year and what they were dressed in those uniforms. And Billy, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but it, they have the traditional helmets there. And these were just uniform reveals. Do you think that possibly we'll see that return of the traditional gold Star V helmet? Or do you think this is you it know, as I, far I as was, helmets are I concerned? I was thinking about that and I don't, I honestly, this is a kind of a, uh, a shot in the dark, but I think this is it. I think this is what they had got. And I don't think Clark is, you know, I don't know the guy and I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but I don't expect to see anything else. Um, you know, cause I don't think Clark wants an alternative uniform. I don't think he wants an alternative helmet. I could be totally wrong. Um, now, well, the thought is there, you know, I mean, this could be something that they release the week of the game and say, hey, hey here's this special look, uh, potentially a throwback. I think Clark would do a throwback uh, before an alternate. Now, the difference is, you know, th- a throwback is an alternate uniform, but the, the modernized alternate college football look is just something crazy. It, I mean, you look like you're wearing, um, you know, Harlem Globetrotter suit. You just, you don't know what they look like. Um, so that, I think they would do throwback before a, a, the normal alternate, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I kind of have a thought process similar to you that I wouldn't mind seeing throwbacks because Vanderbilt is never going to be the team that you just uniquely identify with this set uniform, right. like I said earlier. But um, I, I, I do it's, like it's the tough. V, man. I, it's it's tough. It's hard. It, I um, like but... it. it. It's just something new, you know. You feel like <laughs> maybe three, four years down the. I know we've been saying this. I mean, Mason, we said this is something new forever, but I think because Clark Lee's doing it, a lot of people like it. But this is this is something that three, four years down the road you could point at and say, "Hey, this is our V logo, and this is you know this is what we got." Um, I think we could do this for the next hour or so, just kind of dive into the, the uniforms. Um, but Will, I think bottom line, chains are gone. Um, there's no, you know, there's, and there's no, no gray. That's, right. that's the thing that I, I was saying. Well, it was no gray. I actually like gray football uniforms, not the ones Vanderbilt had. I don't know how they managed to do it, but pick the ugliest, most monotone form of gray which is already a pretty damn ugly and monotone color. And they somehow think, made it even I think uglier. Those, I think those deep water uniforms, all gray, might have been the worst in the history of college football. The worst like, ones were the ones they were last year. Whatever, right, whatever that what, gray was. That's what was, I'm saying. Those, I'm talking about that. Were those the deep water? The ones yes. that had the shiny helmets are not the ones that I'm talking about. The I'm ones talking that about had the, the ship. They looked like the outer layer of a ship. Yes, helmet, like the brick on the outside. Whatever yes, it is. That is yeah. the one. That was not deep water. Deep water was the shiny helmets. Okay. I actually liked those. Those I'll, were okay. 
Right. I'm talking about <laughs> the, the ones they had last year. Those yes. were just, I mean, that's that the worst was the gray when I was like, okay, let's just get rid of gray because yeah. those just ruined gray entirely for me. <laughs> and now Vanderbilt, I think, I don't think he'll ever <laughs> go back to gray in any sport. Um, even the basketball practice jerseys that are gray right now. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even want those, but we'll, they're, they're out and uh, they're amazing. They're perfect. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to kind of, I mean, who knows? They could get an alternate. They could get a throwback. Uh, we'll have to monitor that. But uh, we've got fall camp uh, day, night four, day, and they've all been night practices. Day four uh, was tonight. And uh, will the this Saturday is actually a scrimmage. I know a lot of us at uh, TDR are going to try to hit that and just get a look at the team and, and see see what they've got going on. And uh, But, Will, something, you know, we haven't been able to – we're not there, you know, we'll get credentials here maybe in a couple few years, but um, I think the thing about it right now is, is just kind of hearing, I know Robbie Weinstein has had some, some reports out mm-hmm. there um, and, and has touched on a little bit of the depth chart. Um, but well, right now it's just, you know, looking at the team and saying, okay, what's, what's the attitude like? And I don't know if you've seen any of Clark Lee's videos, but um, he was not happy after the, after day one, he, he said, you know, uh, Joe Rex road actually tweeted out. He said, Clark Lee, ripped into the team after practice and, and basically said, Hey, you know, this is not who we are. So you're seeing a lot of that, but will, I mean, it's fall camp, you know, we're still early in it. Uh, but this is, it's something that you look at, you say, okay, Clark Lee is, is pissed off a little bit, but how do they, how do they bounce back, you know? And, and, um, but some of the depth chart um, uh, adjustments that Robbie Weinstein made were, were kind of interesting. And I, I don't know if you saw any of those, but, um, you know, it's just something, I mean, fall camp is fall camp and um, it's really going to be interesting to see what, what kind of developments come up, you know, because we haven't seen a ton of developments. I thought was really interesting. They have a number 38 uh, Jersey number playing quarterback and um, Clark Lee is basically saying, we don't care about the numbers right now. We're not organizing that yet. Um, now, everyone does have numbers, but we don't take into account what number they are. So he's really switching everybody up. So those are some of the few things I got. I don't know if, if, uh, if you've got anything coming out of fall camp. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Robbie Weinstein. Um, check him out on 24-7 if, if you're out. not subscribed already. I mean, he's, he's done an incredible job covering fall camp so far. I'm jealous he's got, he has credentials and is able to do it. But, man, he, he's putting out some great stuff. And he, did, he put out an entire um, position by position with his level of confidence and uh-huh. who the anticipated starter is going into fall camp and who the anticipated backup is. But um, Will Shepard at the wide receiver position is, is someone he, he came out in that spring game and looked really, really good. You heard rave reviews throughout spring practice and, and you've heard good things throughout um, summer workouts. And you've also heard good things coming out of fall camp. So is he going to be able to work his way into what is kind of a crowded and experienced wide receiver room with Cam Johnson, Amir Abdurrahman, and Chris Pierce sitting there ahead of him? Um, Will he be able to work into that rotation? And kind Mm -hmm. of will they be utilizing four wide receiver sets? Or are they going to be utilizing more of a traditional three wide receiver set with tight Mm -hmm. ends either in line or, or split out? So um, that, that fall scrimmage on Saturday will tell us a lot. And right now we're just kind of speculating as to what's going on. And obviously Clark not being happy after day one, that's, that's to be expected teams. If you're already clicking on day one, what do you, what do you have to work on, man? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got, you can't, no, no, that could be Alabama. I don't even think Nick Saban is, uh, is perfectly satisfied. No, with nobody's after. happy. No coach is happy after day no, one. No, that's a tradition. Unlike any other, you got to lay, <laughs> you got to rip into your team after, mm. after day one. Uh, but well, yeah, Saturday, 
not sure of a time yet. They usually like to do in the morning, somewhere around 10, 11 a.m. Um, I know a lot of us, like I said, are going to try to get over there. So uh, I recommend all you guys, uh, if you're able to go uh, watch that, you, you know, we're not able to see a lot, but I mean, we're able to see the team on, on the field. And, and so that's always big. Um, but Will, we've got Norma Jordan coming up. We've touched on the uniforms. We've touched a little bit on fall camp, but we're going to take a little trip down memory lane. Now we weren't alive. We were both born in the late nineties, but Norman Jordan was a member of that 1982 team. He was a running back there with Whit Taylor and we had Jim Arnold on the podcast and, you know, he was the punter on that team. So all we got, all we got left is Whit Taylor uh, to, to, to hop on the pod, but well, it was great. We've, uh, we've had him on before and uh, it's always cool. He's the color analyst um, on the radio, 93.3 FM. So it's always cool to catch up with Norman. Yeah, I think we're taking uh, quite a few Commodore fans on a, on a great trip down memory lane and bringing back some nostalgia oh, yeah. uh, before our time as Vanderbilt fans. But yeah, it was a great conversation with them, kind of talking about the new uniforms, getting his opinion going into the season and, and any uh, parallels that he could draw between the culture shift that happened in that early 80s uh, time frame and what he could possibly see happening with Clark Lee. Um, in the upcoming year slash years. So um, great conversation with him. And we also touched on, of course, um, he'll have a new partner in the booth there yes. uh, this upcoming fall and Andrew Allegretta. Ah, Allegretta. Yeah, that's going to be a name that I, I am going to struggle <laughs> with throughout it. the year. Yeah, we're, we're going to do some reps in between. Um, <laughs> next podcast, I'll have it down for sure. Um, but, Sorry, uh, Andrew, great, if you're yeah, listening. Yeah, got, got his... Um, got his uh, thoughts on the on stepping into Joe Fisher's role mm. and of course nobody's going to fill those shoes but um step behind that mic and and hopefully um not hopefully I'm, he's going to do a great he job will. and and yeah. we'll have but it'll be a, it'll be a change for me and for all of oh, Commodore, yeah. for all not the Commodore fans out there hearing, hearing, hearing the Fisher. golden voice of, of the legendary play-by-play -play guy and he'll actually be um and he's actually working at my alma mater tennessee tech that? so good for him i'm glad to see that he's he's back in in the uh back in the saddle, radio, back in the saddle. there we go billy um <laughs> but great great talking with norman getting a little bit off topic here rambling a little bit long day at work um but <laughs> hey well that's okay i'll uh, i'll interrupt here but we've got thank god norman. <laughs> we've got norman jordan coming right up here on the door report powered by alaco fine wood floors before we get into our interview with Norman Jordan, the color analyst for Vanderbilt football on 93.3 FM, we send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615 356 0303 Alaco Fine Wood Floors Craftsmanship you can stand on Welcome back into the Door Report alongside Will Byram I'm Billy Derrick and you are now in our interview portion of the podcast and we are happy to welcome in Norman Jordan he played Vanderbilt uh, he played at Vanderbilt from 1979 to 1982 along with a friend of the podcast Mr. Jim Arnold who we've recently had on he also uh, played alongside Whit Taylor there uh, at quarterback, and he's a native of uh, Tennessee. He's born and raised here and, and played his high school ball at McMinnville Central, where he lettered in football, basketball, and baseball. And he now serves as the color analyst on 93.3 FM on your radio dial, courtesy of the Vanderbilt Learfield IMG Radio Network. Norman, thanks again. It's been a while since uh, your last appearance on the pod, but uh, it's good to get you back on. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't do a review of my last appearance, but it, it must have been pretty bad that it's been this long. <laughs> we're good to go. Hey, we like to take a little bit of a break before we uh, we get our guests back on again for recurring, but uh, I'm sure you that's your way of saying a little me goes a long way. <laughs> no, don't look at me. Billy, Billy's in charge of booking guests, so don't, don't look at me. <laughs> you can blame that on me, but Norman, I, I want to I dive into first, we, Clark Lee has released new uniforms, and I'm sure this has been in the works for a while uh, because it came out more recently than we typically see with teams. They usually like to wait a little bit closer to the start of the season to release uniforms. But Coach Lee ha- has done it, and uh, I-, I think there are little, there are some mixed reviews on on the helmet and and what's on the helmet. But I'm sure a lot of people agree with with you know you. I'm, I'm sure they got black and gold back. That, that's they got their colors back, and um, you know that 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 can solve a lot of problems. So what what do you think about the new uniforms? Oh, you know I think it's it's fine. It's uh, as a player you don't really notice that much. Uh, there, there's a Every once in a while, there's some gimmick that comes up that they'll come up with a special jersey or whatever, but and you notice that. But other than that, as a player, you really don't care. You just want to go out and play the game. So, and I know Coach Lee's got he's got a purpose for everything he does, and so this uniform's got a purpose behind it. Right. He was just talking about it after uh, practice yesterday. He said the star V is important to us, and and we want to feature that and and. We want people to watch watch us on TV and say, "Hey, that, that's that's Vanderbilt. I know who's playing." You don't have to try to decipher, you know, what's on the uniform or anything like that. So, um, you know, I'm sure for a lot of people like you, you kind of think in the back of your mind, "Okay, this is this isn't something monumental. This this is not some kind of a, a huge monster step." But would you agree? It's just kind of okay. Here's what we have, and, and this is kind of the beginning of, of what we're going to be. Yeah, like I said, everything that Clark does, he's got a reason for it. And he, he wants to establish Vanderbilt football as a trademark. He wants to make it something that, that people say and know and remember and not have 12 different names for it, Vandy or whatever, you know, just all these different things that you've got. He, he really wants everybody to be on the same page about it's Vanderbilt football and here's the star V and, you know, here are our uniforms and we're ready to play. Right. And, you know, we're, we're going to have to see what what goes on in terms of maybe an alternative. But I don't even know if Clark wants that. I don't know if if, if alternate uniforms or something, you know, he might do. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we got all, all preseason to, you know, we still got 24 days to touch on the uniforms. But I do want to ask you about that 1982 season. We touched on it with Jim Arnold when he was on here with us. But uh, and he talked a lot about the culture shift that, that he saw in, in, you know, from 1980 to 1982, where you guys had really struggled those, those first couple of years. But 1982, a lot, a lot of the work and a lot of the experience kind of came together and culminated into uh, a legendary 1982 season with you guys beating Tennessee and, and many other, you know, rank, highly ranked teams. And you wanted to play in the Hall of Fame Bowl, of course. Um, but I, I want to ask you, what kind of a culture shift did you experience, you know, in that early those early eighties and then getting into that 1982 season. The, the first thing I will say is uh, we had a, a bunch of guys. I want to say 23 guys quit and it was wow. in the middle of winter workouts and it was, it was brutal. I mean, to this day, you can talk to any one of us and we can tell you how many steps we ran and, and, you know, all the lifting we were doing and all that is way beyond anything we've done. And so you really worry because some of those 23 or whatever that we lost were, some of the best athletes we had, but then as you, you know, became a sophomore and a junior and a senior, you realize 
these are the guys that were there when I needed them by my side. This is the guy that I know will take care of his job. I'll take care of my job and he'll take care of his job and everything will be fine. I think the other thing was, uh, is a very, very unselfish bunch. Uh, nobody cared who scored the touchdown. Nobody cared who caught the pass, who ran the ball, who recovered the fumble. Nobody cared. It was all about the team. And that, that's something you don't see much and probably less now than you used to see. Yeah, that, that 1982 season was special. And Commodore fans, obviously, me and Billy weren't around to, to witness it in person, but it was special to so many Commodore fans. Just it kind of is the city on a hill, to use another example of what a Vanderbilt team could potentially be under this new era uh, with Clark Lee. So um, what kind of similarities can you draw um, from that team where you can see this team possibly going um, in the next year, maybe not this upcoming year, but in the future years under this new era? Yeah, I think everybody involved knows this is going to be a process. Uh, and that, that's something you hear Tim Corbin talk quite a bit about, trust the process and, and rely on the process. You do what you're asked to do and everything will be fine. And I think uh, Clark will approach it the very same way. Uh, it's, it's built on hard work. It's built on uh, being able to rely on your teammate. It's built on uh, being comfortable that you're at Vanderbilt, that it's, it's a different experience than it is anywhere else. And that's why it's so important. I think he's got, besides him having played there, I think he's got three guys that played at Vanderbilt. Yep. Mm -hmm. These guys remember what it was like and they know it's, it's different than anywhere else in the SEC. And you know, you go in the classroom, it can get pretty brutal sometimes. And so, they, they understand that and they want to make sure that everybody's uh, working toward the same thing and, and, and really getting better every day. And, and they know it's a process. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the thing about it is so many people have, you know, so many Vanderbilt people have, have kind of waited these past six, seven years and, and kind of sat there and said, okay, is coach Mason our guy? Is he, is he the guy? And some people had answers very early into his uh, into his tenure there some people had answers a little bit later and they discovered some things and they said okay uh, you know we might have to rethink this but norman i want to ask you for this for these players i mean i can't imagine the kind of whirlwind they've been through these past couple of years with coach mason everything that went on last season and now in comes clark lee a guy from notre dame and he knows what he wants to get done and he wants to change the culture so Put yourselves in the shoes of a player. I know this is a lot different than, um, you know, a 1982 season, but, you know, how, how similar is this to what you experienced? And, and could you put yourselves in the shoes of those guys and maybe what they're going through? Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's going to be very similar. Uh, the work is going to be beyond anything that they ever thought they could do. I talked to the team a few years ago when, when Derek was coaching, I think it might have been his first year. And I told him, I said, look, there are two things that, that, you'll always have if you play on this team. And, and one is you'll have the memory of the work that you did. And if, if you're not working as hard as you can work, you'll regret it. And the second one is you'll never have better friends in your entire life than you make right now because you guys are working side by side. That's the same thing they've got going right now. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a team building thing, but it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's a brotherhood. Uh, it's, um, it's a dependency on each other. Like, like you'll, you won't see again in your lifetime. 
Does that make any sense at all? It definitely made sense. And um, speaking of change, I know this is a little bit of a, a right turn here, and we've been talking about kind of the culture shift within um, Vanderbilt football and, and everything, but there's been some change in the radio booth as well and what Vanderbilt Commodore fans are going to be hearing um, through their radio dials when listening to Team One take the field this fall. Um, have you had a chance to meet with Andrew Allegretta and kind of go through what that process is going to look like and, and kind of some first impressions? And of course, nobody's going to be able to fill the shoes um, of the legend of Joe Fisher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I went over and met with Andrew for a couple, an hour, hour and a half uh, when he first got here. Uh, really enjoyed the time together. He's a, he's a great guy. I think people really like him. Uh, then spent some time with him yesterday at practice, probably a couple hours, just kind of exchanging, you know, outlook and all that. And, you know, we, we should be fine from a standpoint of he, he's the first to say, I don't know anything about football. But I, you know, you you can't announce. You're 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 terrible at it. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> I said that. But uh, no, I, I I look forward to working with him. Uh, you know, yeah, I'll miss Joe. Joe was, uh, as you say, a legend and and a wonderful person. But uh, you know, he he calls you a legend thing. too. He tweeted out and said, said dead, you, "Long live the king." Yeah, he said you're a living legend. That's what he tweeted at us. <laughs> I, we, uh, you know, we were about to tweet out same thing either way, but I mean, that's, that's, that's the same thing for the both of you guys. Um, but yeah, you know, got, got to move forward. I do want to ask though, going back to what you were talking about, Norman, about the staff and um, Jim actually uh, recommend, you know, when, when he recommended, um, you know, you to come on, I told him we already had him on, but he said, well, you should ask him about, uh, about the new coaching staff. And cause I think he, he'd be one to talk about that and let's go ahead and do it. I mean, coach Lee decided to retain Javon Hay which was, I think, the first big decision that he had to make. It was pretty early and uh, where we knew that Javon Hay would be retained. But you also have Earl Bennett, who's the director of player personnel, who, I mean, you, you could argue is the best receiver in all of Vanderbilt history. I, I won't argue that at all. I, he is, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he was the best. Some younger kids, uh, you know, we, we saw more of Jordan Matthews, but you know, Earl Bennett has a special place in, in a lot of people's hearts. Uh, but I want to ask you about, about that staff and, and Coach Lee, I think deep down, we all knew he was going to try to do this. He was going to try to bring back some of that tradition and guys who showed they could win at Vanderbilt and showed some things that could happen. And like Will talked about earlier, kind of that, that top of the hill type feeling where, okay, we can do this. So how, how do you think these guys will benefit this program? How, how do you think bringing back some of those guys will benefit? Well, I, th I think tremendously because they, they, you know, worn the shoes, they, they've been in the place that these guys have been in. They, they've been in the dorm room and gone, what am I doing here? You know, maybe I should uh, go back home or, yeah, you, you, you just go have so many emotions as you go through, uh, unless you're, you're playing a ton as a freshman and, and making straight A's and all that. It, it's a tough time. And so they understand what it's like and, and they can sit people down and talk to them and, and have them know that they understand. And, and uh, you know, Coach Lee, has them know that they understand. And I, I think my sense is, I, I don't certainly don't know his schedule, but I think if you're a player and you want some time with Coach Lee, you're going to get time with Coach Lee. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's critical for a player to know whether, you know, whether you're just running up and down on kickoffs or uh, doing punt uh, coverage or whatever, it, it's important to know that he cares enough to spend some time with you. And that, I think that's the kind of guy he is. 
Yeah, with the coaching staff change, there's always, of course, what we've discussed this entire time. We've discussed the culture shift, changing in staff, how they're going to bring differences and create change in this program, but they're not going to be the ones suiting up and taking the field um, against ETSU on September 4th. Are there any players in particular that you are looking at a little bit more closely throughout fall camp um, and leading up to the early parts of the season? Well, obviously, you got to look at Ken Seals and, you know, see how he is. He, I thought he had a, a really good freshman year. Uh, the 10, 10 interceptions, a little tough to take against 12 touchdowns, but he, he showed a lot of composure against a line that wasn't really, really good last year. I, I'm hoping and I think the offensive line is going to be a big surprise for mm-hmm. Commodore fans out there this year. you got guys that uh, have come back. You've got uh, guys with a lot of experience. And so if they if they get better and you can run, and, you know, I, I certainly saw uh, Ray Davis yep. yesterday, the transfer from Temple. Goodness, he's, he's quick as he's a big. hiccup. He's uh, got good hands. I mean, they've got the, the pieces there. But the hardest thing about having a new staff is you have to think too much. Uh, if, you're, if you're thinking and you're playing football, it's not working. You know, it, you, it's got to be natural. It's got to be built in. When when the ball snaps, you see the linebacker, you read the corner, and then you go where you're supposed to go. And if you have to think about it too much, it, it's not good football. And, and we'll see some of that this year. You've got to get a lot of reps to get to where it's natural to you. And, you know, frankly, with 20 hours a week uh, practice anymore, you can't get enough reps to – make vast improvements but they'll keep climbing the wall yeah no, no doubt and, and we uh, I actually had a chance to talk with talk with Ken Seals at one of the baseball games and he was talking about how you talk about the offense it seems a lot more complex he said he's having a lot more he's having to look at a lot more things but on on the on the other end he's able to do more things he has more power a little bit more power with this pro style offense and I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to David Rye, but he looks really impressive. I mean, he's coached a lot of, you know, a lot of talented players in the NFL. So that should be something to watch. But on that front, Norman, for Ken, how much more of a step do you think he can take in year two, especially with the offense that they're running and, and maybe how, how different could, could he look? Yeah. The, the thing that scares you when, when somebody comes in place as a freshman is that they didn't know they didn't know. You know, a lot of times things go well and you threw where you weren't supposed to, but it, it worked anyway. Yeah. But then by your sophomore year, you know what you didn't know before. And sometimes that can really get confusing to you and you overthink the process. I don't think that's going to be him. I think he's going to have more time in the pocket this year. Uh, like I said, his composure as, as a freshman was, was really pretty much unbelievable. So, uh, you know, I, I look forward to, to seeing what he can do. I think they'll get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly a lot of times. And if they can get a running game going, you know, then all of a sudden you're cooking with gas and, and you know, you've got a, an offense that you can really make things happen. Yeah, and, and on the other end, you know, the way college football is looking right now, especially in the SEC, the amount of points that are being scored is ridiculous. And, and the game is changing. You know that. I mean, you know, playing in 1980 – the game has changed dramatically. It's a totally different game. So for this team, do you think they could um, compete in some of these type of shootout games? It's really early still. You know, we haven't seen a ton of fall camp, but we saw the spring game. But do you think that could be kind of their style and, and say, hey, we don't have a lot of depth or experience on defense. So 
when we get on the field offensively, we're going to have to get out there and put points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think they'll take that approach, but I, you can't take it to the point where you feel like you go out and you do a three and out or a six and out, and you can't take it as if you've blown the game right there. Right. You know, it's, it's not like you're playing LSU uh, from the national championship a couple of years ago where, and well, if we, if we can get 70, we'll get our hands on the ball <laughs> 10 times. If we can score every single time and maybe convert a two-point conversion, we can beat them by one. <laughs> it's not like that, but it, it, it's a pretty high bar to jump over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's going to be interesting. And, and Norman, it, we're, we'll definitely be looking forward to having you on. But it's definitely something that Vanderbilt fans are looking at and saying, hey, who knows what kind of style this team, who knows what they're going to look like. We're going to have to see um, heading into uh, fall camp. I'm sure you'll be there and uh, we will be sure to catch back up with you before the season starts. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Will. Well, that does it for episode 98 of The Door Report. Great stuff, as always, from Norman Jordan, the former Commodore there in the early 80s, alongside guys like Jim Arnold and Whit Taylor. Next step is getting former quarterback Whit Taylor on the podcast, hopefully before this season. We will send it back to the early 80s as we continue to reminisce on that 1982 team. For myself, Billy Derrick, today's guest Norman Jordan and Will Byram, you've been listening to episode 98 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.